Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I was like fully aware, like that he could have hooked up with Sierra while he can't. I didn't realize that he was going to choose me as the one that he wanted to like focus on. But did you love that? Maybe I had subconscious feelings for Austin that I wasn't aware of. I think if you just apologize for hurting her feelings, this would all be over. I did. I literally sat in the jacuzzi with you and apologized. It sucks that you feel a little bit rejected, and I'm sorry yeah. for like my portion of that. Like because that sucks. You said I'm sorry like, that you like him and that you, you felt rejected, and that everyone's girlfriends and boyfriends feel jealous or wait, we like, have a jacuzzi. Sorry. Whatever it was, it wasn't. Oh. It wasn't like an I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. It was like I'm sorry that you feel that way, and you know that that drives me crazy when anyone That's apologizes. That's a classic like non-apology that. apology. Yeah, in the Bravo I mean, universe. listen, I yes. honestly, I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt. I'm sorry I played a part in that, and I did say that. In the I'm sorry tub. that I hurt your feelings. No, I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt. Oh boy. You I said I'm sorry I played a part in that. This is rough. Okay, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings. There's, is that acceptable, Amanda? Well, it, it is I, a world of difference. difference. Okay, we're gonna be right back. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to issue a bit of a disclaimer right off the bat. I've been having a bit of a hectic week. Mercury is in Gatorade and I just like can't get my shit together. So I am going to do, you know, I always say that I'm going to do a mini recap and then here I am three hours later just like ranting about, I don't know, the state of Austin's penis or whatever. But um, yeah, I want to talk about Real Housewives of Atlanta real quick. I didn't take any notes, but I just like, what's, what's going on with Drew? 
what are we, what's happening? Like from top to tail, I have questions. Why does Drew have four assistants? Why is Drew continuing to be married to this man? Why does Drew let this man lie to her? When Drew Sedora said in her confessional that a lot of people had been telling her that Ralph gaslights her, but she doesn't believe it. And the producer says, well, do you know what gaslighting means? And she's a little bit hesitant because she doesn't know. So she turns to her phone, looks up the definition, and then looks at the producer like, oh my God. Like it was the aha moment for Drew to know that her husband has been emotionally manipulating her into truly believing that she's a crazy person, um, despite the fact that he continues to clown her every step of the way. It was so shocking. And I know that a lot of people are wondering whether or not if this is <sighs> fake or not, whether Ralph and Drew are in on this. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine a world in which people are this desperate to be on TV that they look like this. Like, if that is true, Drew looks like an idiot and Ralph looks like an idiot. And I, you guys, I still have yet to fully go back into my skin suit when this man had the nerve and audacity to plan this whole Bachelor Nation style date where he um, has somebody fly in and um, recreates, I'm assuming something from like a Tina Turner concert tour that she went on. I don't know. Uh, the dress was really an indication. You know what I mean? Like the fact that her yeeks were out. Cheeks A and cheek B were just out and proud. And this is not body shaming. She looked great. But do I want, do I personally want to go to dinner with like one of my labia out? No. You know, I just think if we're getting a custom dress, like, can I have, where's the rest of it? Cause this is just like a tunic basically. Um, she looked great. Just saying, um, if my man had me out with my yeeks and the labia out and sat me down amongst all these flowers and the private dinner and the chef. And he's telling me that after a long decision, he's decided that there's going to be a hierarchy to the, um, to, uh, what he can contribute in his life. And it goes God himself. Then I think the kids, and then I think maybe there was like call of duty and, you know, his workout regimen, drop it with drew, not actually drew, but the program, um, the book that he's writing, the assistant, uh, probably Ross, uh, Sonia's new husband, Todd, uh, maybe Candy and then Drew. And listen, I know what this is. I know this like Christian, you know, ranking system of like, you're supposed to put God before everything and then your wife and then your kids, blah, blah, blah. But he has said that he has decided to put himself before all of those things. And first question is, um, <laughs> when have you not? Secondly, can I sit here and enjoy my food. Like I, what a monster to be able to be like, you know what? I'm putting you on the back burner and for her to just like speak up for herself and, you know, stand up and say like, I don't like the way you're treating me. 
Then he flips off and is like, I should have never done this for you. This was a waste of my time. He leaves there, her sitting there with both of their portions, which I would have eaten both of them. Cause I think there may have been some lobster or some sort of like high, high quality seafood. I would have eaten it, left her there alone. And she said something along the lines of, I don't understand why, uh, Ralph has such an issue with communication. Like something about communication really triggers him. Uh, that's bad girl. That's like the worst possible thing. Get out. Like Adele said, divorce, babes, divorce. I like uh, uh, our marriage is perfect. Except my husband flips out when we try to communicate with each other. Mm. Yikes. Like, do you know how bad it has to be that like that, um, Ralph, Todd and, Ross went to Blaze and Ross and Todd just went in on Ralph and were like, you're on some bullshit right now. Both of our wives told you about, told us about this assistant situation. It doesn't make any sense to us either. We can't even like attempt to, uh, like side with you, man. This doesn't make any sense. Like even they were clowning him. Does, does Ralph have friends? Does Ralph have friends? That's my question. Because it's giving, like, he just doesn't know how to communicate with anybody or interact with anybody in a positive way. That might really be the one of the one of the issues here. Okay. Um, he also said that like he wouldn't do anything with that assistant because she's 50 or something, and it's like, fuck off. You're 38. Okay, that's not really like that big of a stretch in the realm of things. And I'm sure there are plenty 50 plus women who you would have no problem taking those uh, sweatpants off for. So I don't even like, I'm, it's, it's troubling. I am just of two minds. Like one of me, part of me is like, how can she not see this? But the other part of me is like, I just can't, I have a hard time believing this is fake. I really, really do. But what I do know is that all of us need a divorce. And speaking of divorces, uh, this just came out that, um, that, uh, Kenya Moore's husband, that slimy little so-and-so with the nose ring. Okay. Has the audacity. They're still in the midst of divorce. He wants a cut of Moore Manor, a place that he, I don't think has ever lived. Didn't put down roots on. He maybe had some clothes in the closet. We never saw his ass there. I don't think he ever like moved to Atlanta. So why the fuck? That is so creepy. He wants a cut of the home and for her to pay his legal fees. This is a man that keeps talking about how alpha he is. He can do for himself. He's a business owner. He's doing all these motivational speeches with young black men about like how to make it and how he made it. And, you know, you can be a businessman too with your ugly little nose ring. Okay. And it's just not making sense. Like there's something genuinely wrong with that man. There's something genuinely wrong. Like legitimately, if you don't even like Kenya, you have to admit that the way this man treats her is horrific and nobody deserves it. He's weird. He's weird. I also thought it was a kind of important conversation between Marlo and Candy about what she's giving to her nephews and how they came from a certain lifestyle and then, you know, kind of moved on up with 
uh, Monty Marlowe, and she is struggling with whether or not she should do that. And Candy made a point of, hey, like, we need to stop as Black people being in this mindset of, like, we always have to struggle. And then Candy kind of, I had a question mark about this one, when she said that she has raised her kids to, like, appreciate what they have, but also, like, want more for themselves. And I'm thinking, which kids? Because, like, Ace is, like, five, right? Like, (laughs) Ace is five. I don't even know if Blaze can talk. I don't really know if either of them really know about a work ethic. I'm assuming she's talking about Riley and maybe Kayla, Todd's daughter. But it was a good conversation. I'm just wondering what work ethic Blaze has. That's all. Just a quick question. That's it. Um, Let's move into... The real, real, the reunion of Summer House, which I actually found pretty interesting because they, also frustrating because they like 80% went there with the questions that I've been asking all season, but like, I felt like we didn't get a full answer on anything and that's really frustrating to me, but we'll get into it. So the reunion begins like it always does. Everybody's coming into the studio. They're getting their hair and makeup done. Babe, babe, Carl and Lindsay are like kissing, like open mouth kissing. You guys. No, I'm not going to say it. Um, So <laughs> um, let's just talk about like looks, right? Our, our reunion looks. I have to say that Mr. Kyle Cook did a little something for me this week. And, you know, Kyle's like a good looking dude. He's unequivocally good looking in the way that every guy in the summer house is good looking, but he just doesn't really move the needle for me. I'm not really attracted to like really blonde men. So seeing him, I've noticed that what I like in Kyle is when he's not so buttoned up. And I love a buttoned up tailored man, but I just like loose Kyle. Like he wore one shirt that said Kyle the um, at one point this season, it was just a black t-shirt that said Kyle on it. And he looked so hot to me. <laughs> and then I see him in this new hairstyle that I am. And I need credit for this. If you're going to use it, you guys, like I'm, I'm trusting you with this. This is uh, what proprietary or whatever the word information. And I'm trusting that I'm going to receive credit for this. If you go out there in the universe and um, call it that, use this term. Kyle has what I call a Murray Hill mullet. Okay. I know a lot of you guys are not from New York. Don't know the, the, um, uh, the demographic of people living in Murray Hill, but let's just say it's mostly made up of uh, frat boys, frat guys who got into finance and who still like talk about their frat, who still care about the school, the colleges that they went to still go home to like their, the college football games. Like that's, that's like the crowd of Murray Hill. And like, it's like the finance dudes and like the fashion girls who love them. Okay. So Kyle gives like, so the mullet is like, it's structured and it's tailored, but it's also like a little bit fun. And I, I liked it. I did. Uh, best dressed woman. I'm going to have to give to Maya. I thought the color that fuchsia was beautiful on her. I thought, you know, cause here's what I think misses the mark with a lot of reunions is that you have to consider 
all angles, right? With a reunion look, you have to consider what it looks like with you standing up, but you really have to consider what it looks like with you sitting down because that's what people are going to see for the most part. So I thought she looked really great. I wanted to say that maybe I wanted to maybe give it up to Danielle and Lindsay or Lindsay, but the matching blue was like a little dumb and dumber to me. <laughs> you know, like it was a little too matchy matchy, a little too like BFF. Um, and so I had to give them demerits for that. Amanda, girl, and Paige. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can't. Amanda's just not going to give it to me with a reunion look. And I have, I've made peace with that from last year. Okay. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Andrea's walking in with his sunglasses and his suit over his um, shoulder and his girl Lexi by his arm. And we keep talking about Lexi and I'm like, I don't, I don't know her, you know, like, I don't mind talking about her, but like, I want to see her on screen. Otherwise, ain't nothing to talk about with Lexi with me. Um, Luca shaved. Luke has shaved his beard, which I feel is a personal attack against me because Luke, you know that I like it and you know, that's when you look best. And I just felt like it was rude. You know, you didn't take that in consideration. You didn't take me into consideration. Okay. And we're going to have to talk about this later. Um, Andy talks to the new couple, Carl and Lindsay and asks them what their couple name was and whoever came up with the name Carlinda. I just feel like writing is maybe not for you. Carlin, who's Linda? That's what Maya asked. And I'm asking it too. Who's Linda? Who's the Linda in this situation? <laughs> so on to the reunion. I knew that there wasn't a whole lot to talk about when Andy started the reunion by asking Kyle and Amanda about Kyle's boner and the state of Kyle's boner and how Kyle said that he's never had a harder boner than when Lindsay revealed that she had munched a box and had her box munched alike. And Andy asked her, Amanda, if she would consider bringing another woman into their relationship in order to have Kyle, um, reach his goals as the man with the strongest boner. I, I don't know. It was such a weird question. <laughs> like, what are you, what are we supposed to do here? Like Lindsay's sitting there like, uh, I don't really want to be in this. I don't really, uh, need my boyfriend's best friend to be thinking about me in some sort of woman loving situation in order to get hard for his wife, who is also my friend and roommate. Like that's just a little too much me and you, you know? I'm going to have to just be sex negative about that. And I, I'm fine with that. Um, then Andy, there's like a little flashback of Andy coming to the house on the last day on Labor Day and how just like him going from room to room being like, this is disgusting. Guys, this is disgusting. Guys. <laughs> that was it. Um, what happens after that? Uh Oh, okay. So then we get to Lindsay and a first viewer question who asked Lindsay if she feels like her um, miscarriage was the catalyst to her like hot hub summer situation. And Lindsay says that it was actually a combination of things and that her summer really could have gone a very different way. And when it didn't, she decided to date as many people as possible, be out there and do the damn thing. So then Andy asked Amanda what her concerns are. And I have to say, you guys, they did, I don't remember, or maybe I just don't like pay attention to, to reunions that much, but it felt like they were very 
eager and intent on asking other cast members what they think about another person's behavior, uh, especially Kyle and Amanda. So Andy asks Amanda uh, what her deal was, what her concerns were. And she just says that it felt like Lindsay was going all in on every guy that she saw. And Andy turns to Lindsay himself and says, yeah, I mean, it did feel a little frenetic. The the main issue with this cast is uh, communication and it makes for great television, but it also makes for frustrating television too. Um, Because the situation is, I I think I know Amanda was coming from a good place. I know that her delivery was shit. And that's just the issue. Like, it's not unfair to look at your friend and be like, okay, this potentially major situation happened being the miscarriage. And then after the miscarriage, you're behaving in a way that I have not experienced before. So is it unfair as a friend for me to simply like check in and make sure that you're okay and just like see if all is good with you? Of course, that is a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Um, But the delivery was wrong. So then Andy asked Carl what he thinks about watching Lindsay over the summer. And he says that, you know, given where they are now, there are some weird moments, but, you know, they hold hands. They sit and watch the episodes and they hold hands and, like, everything's okay. Lindsay said something about how, like, they do, like, a take it back or, like, there's some sort of phrase that they're, like, you know, if it gets too weird. But, um, yeah, I mean, this episode, if you guys were wondering, didn't really do a whole lot for uh, my opinions about uh, Carlinda. <laughs> Or Rad House. Um, and I'm almost inclined to say that I don't think it was really Lindsay. I actually... My issue with this whole thing is that Danielle and Carl were speaking a lot for Lindsay. And she was letting them. But I think... I think that there must have been some sort of conversation that happened prior to... The reunion between the three of them where maybe Lindsay was like, I just feel like I'm not coming off well or something. And like they were like, you know, we'll take care of you. Also, Carl and Danielle are very naturally nurturing people, especially Danielle. And, um, you know, I think this has and will bite Danielle on the ass with Lindsay, um, with regard to this whole situation, at least. And I don't know, it just felt a lot like they were her spokespeople, or yeah, they were Lindsay's spokespeople. And I just, I thought it was, something was off. This whole, it was off. So Andy asks the rest of the cast to raise their hand if they were also concerned about Lindsay and Paige, Maya, and Sierra all say yes. So Amanda and Maya just try to break it down. Like we weren't concerned about how frequently Lindsay was dating, We were concerned about the situation, but Danielle said, okay, Amanda, what you're saying is one thing, but what Paige did referring to uh, their house as a brothel because of Lindsay's behavior is quite another. So Paige says that it wasn't the right word, right? And it wasn't because of all the guys that Lindsay was sleeping with because she doesn't care who Lindsay deems worthy of being inside of her, which felt like icky, an icky way to phrase that. Um, But... 
that Lindsay was so intent on sleeping with Austin, hooking up with Austin, making out with him, and then next thing you know, she's sleeping with another guy, which is not really answering the question for me, Paige. Um, I feel like a lot of people were like, this did not go well for Paige. And I think I might give her a little bit more credit than what I saw on Twitter, but we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so Carl brings up the, oh, sorry, sorry. Lindsay says, well, it's pretty disappointed Paige that you feel that way because I thought we really ended the summer right. And Paige says, well, that's wild. Like that's wild that you thought that. (laughs) And I thought that too, because as you guys know, last episode, I was like, Paige went up to Lindsay and went on this whole speech about how they're just trying and like, I love you and hugs. And, you know, it's very like meeting a new girl in the bathroom at the club after a few drinks. Um, but to me that was, I was thinking, wow, this is very weird that Paige would act this way. And I wonder what Lindsay thinks watching this whole season And then thinking about that moment of them bonding, like, I would think that would be very weird. Um, But I also don't think, like, all summer, they only had that one moment of good times that we saw. So I'm not really sure why Lindsay would think that they were on good terms, because for the rest of it, they weren't. At this point, Paige and Carl start getting into it, because Carl makes some crack about how Paige hasn't been... The first relationship that we've seen with Paige on the show has been with Craig. And she was really, like, hiding, I guess calling, like, basically being like, you did your dirty shit off the camera and nobody could call you out on it because of it. But, like, Lindsay was living out loud. I'm assuming that's what he was trying to to insinuate. So Paige asks Carl, what is it that he did all summer? And he's like, I had a good fucking time. Luke then tries to call Paige out for being hypocritical when she was hooking up with Andrea and Craig. But Paige is like, I didn't have sex with Andrea in the house and Craig didn't live there. So it's a little bit different. And Lindsay says that she hasn't slept with Austin in four years. More on that later. Then we get to Carl's package and, you know, his sobriety journey. Kyle and Amanda both gush over how he's taken a complete 180 from being a liability over at Loverboy to being an asset and how he's going to uh, cities and doing tours without them. And Andy's like, "Uh, yeah, Kyle, I think the tables have turned and maybe you're the liability at this point. Um, Then Carl is a little bit activated. You could tell that he felt pissed about like her being like, what did you do all summer? So he says, you know, Andy asked a question about now that you're sober, how are you basically viewing Kyle wild in the fuck out? So he's like, you know, I was working on my sobriety this summer and I know that was very important to me and it's maybe not important to everybody. And Paige is like, whoa, dude, like, I wasn't trying to insinuate that you weren't doing anything because you were sober and actually like you're really hurting my feelings. I'm really insulted that you would even say that. Then Andy asks another question, but he can feel how pissed off Paige is. Her body language, like she could not have been sitting further from Lindsay body language experts go watch this where they're like the way they were angled was like, we don't fuck with each other. So Andy asks Paige, like, girl, what are you hot under that skirt for? And she's like, you know, I just think it's really shitty that he would suggest that. And, you know, I just feel awkward sitting on this couch because nobody even likes me except for maybe the two at the end. 
her words, not mine. The two at the end being Andrea and Alex. And basically, she's like, you guys don't like me. And then she's like, Carl and I have never had beef. And like, he's just going after me. He just came out came at me really hard and Carl's like no I didn't (laughs) so this is where Paige lost me um well but then she picked it up again so this is where I was like okay we're talking about off-camera stuff we're talking about the dynamics in the house so Paige says that it's basically a click a click up in there and the click is Carl Lindsay and Danielle Maybe Kyle's in that too, but she basically says that it's like really hard to get in with them that her first season, it felt like Lindsay, Amanda and Danielle had this like really clickish thing. It felt very stifling for her, but eventually she, she was able to form a relationship with Amanda. And then she says, you know, it's really no coincidence that when, a new girl enters the house, they gravitate towards me or Amanda and not you guys, which, okay, let's talk about it then. But then they didn't talk about it. They just sat there. They didn't say anything. They didn't address it. And I, that is what I want to know about. Like, Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I want to talk about how you guys don't really fuck with each other. I want to talk about how you guys don't have a relationship. I want to talk about how you guys spend summers, like, really not interacting or liking each other. And then you go home and you guys go on your podcast and you do this, that, and the third. And then you come back and, you know, (laughs) podcasting, like, I think all the podcasters said last year that that may have been the worst thing given the Hannah of it all. Um, but I think we're coming around. I think we're coming around because it's really pissing people off and getting people activated. And I like that. Then they shift to Sierra and her wanting to fuck Carl. And I have to put a bit of a, a timeout on that, right? I think it's perfectly reasonable. I, I just think that they're over exaggerating this whole Carl and Sierra thing. Like it wasn't a thing. It was hey, we're both single. We're both attracted to each other. Maybe we'll see if this works and we'll make out a couple times, but it didn't. And they both moved on. Like, I didn't see any emotional attachment from either one of them. It was like a, hey, like, I'm cute. You're cute. Uh, You know, you got something going on. We'll move on. Like, I don't know why they made such a big deal out of that. Like, it's perfectly normal, I would think, to have feelings for somebody but she's also single so she's perfectly she's only human and it's normal that she should want to fuck Carl (laughs) to me or really anybody like I think it's fine if you're interested in somebody but also attracted to somebody else and would be willing to hook up with them and it really doesn't mean anything other than that 
Carl kind of says something about how he didn't want to move forward with Sierra because of what she had going on with having feelings for Austin and making out with Alex. But uh, Sierra says that for her, it was the sobriety and that she would never want to do anything to compromise Carl's sobriety, but she's not a sober person. And she just didn't think there would be, you know, like they couldn't come to a common place on that, which I think is a perfectly uh, fair and mature thing to be like, I'm not going to even put this guy in a situation where he might even consider having to make a choice about his sobriety. Like, I'm going to take myself out of the ring there. I, I think that's perfectly respectable. Then Andy asks Lindsay whether or not she can confirm Carl has a huge dick. Because <laughs> Sierra said, I want to fuck him so fucking bad and he has a big dick. I know it. Okay. And Lindsay, listen. Okay. Okay. I told you guys once, twice, I don't know how many times before, and I will continue to say this, that I have um, dick dar, okay? I have a, I have a dick sense, okay? Um, and I know when a guy's decently big, and I know when he's not, okay? And so uh, I also, <laughs> I also have a sense for like when... Let me cut to the chase. Lindsay's been asked about Carl's dick, like, on many occasions, at least more than this reunion, I know. I, I've seen her be asked about this, and she has, like, been uh, sly in getting out of the answer. And I have always thought that was my confirmation that maybe Carl wasn't, like, the biggest guy in the world, because it wasn't like... <laughs> The hesitation from Lindsay, and I think I might be reading too much into this, was like, I don't want to say no, so I'm just not going to say anything, you know? So anyway, Maya reveals the whole cast knows how big uh, Carl's dick is anyway, because he told them. So then we cut to some unseen footage in which he says that he is just about seven inches hard, okay? Plenty of dick, okay? That is plenty of dick. It is above average. We all know this. It is certainly enough to work with. I'm still climbing that tree. Okay. Is it a big dick? Eh, not really, but it's, it's plenty to work with. Okay. Don't, I would still, and I would like to. Okay. I will say that I'm happy about this information. It brings a lot of peace to my life to, you know, know that now that chapter has been closed and I've got all the information that I need. And I feel good about that. Somebody asks Sierra if it's perhaps hypocritical for her to be so upset with Lindsay when she was hooking up with Austin when Lindsay was interested. And I had to, you guys might not like this, but I had to give a point to Sierra because she does say, and it's confirmed in footage, that she explicitly told Austin, if there is anything at all that you want to pursue with Lindsay, I'm happy to take myself out of that. Like, she did say that. She did say that. And Austin was like, absolutely not. I have no feelings for her. Like, don't even worry about it. And, you know, I fair, fair. I mean, she did her due diligence. He did. Was there a conversation that maybe needed to be had with Lindsay and Sierra? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, because we all know that Austin will just say whatever comes out of those like flimsy, floppy, lips that are both floppy and thin at the same time 
of his. He will just say whatever, you know, works at the time. But I, I don't really think that like Sierra needed to have any more conversation about that than she did. But also maybe if Lindsay knew that things would be different for them too. I don't know. Then Andy asks Amanda if she felt like Lindsay was trying to get back at Sierra. And Amanda says that, you know, watching the show back, it did seem like there were times where Lindsay was enjoying it. And I have to agree. We have to agree that, like, Lindsay, what I think is happening is that Lindsay doesn't really, and she's really not willing to admit that, like, she did take a little bit of pleasure out of possibly taking back her power with Austin with regard to Sierra. Like we have to be honest about that. Well, Carl chimes in and says that he feels like, you know, there really wasn't any diabolical plan on Lindsay's part to upset Sierra. And Amanda's like, well, I just feel like there was some malicious intent. And Kyle tells Carl that, you know, maybe you should take the boyfriend hat off for a second and look at things through a different lens, which I had to agree because I felt like, like I said, Carl and Di- Diana, Danielle, were really going hard to speak for Lindsay and defend her and, uh, you know, offer different input. And I just felt like Lindsay really should have um, spoken up for herself um, instead of letting them speak for her because there's really hardly any good can come from that, you know? Um, So I appreciated Kyle being like, like, you're doing too much right now, okay? And like, real like you're biased basically so at that point um Lindsay is like you know what I'm not the one who chased me into a pool I'm not the one who kissed me I'm not the one who did this that and the third uh Austin is the one that did that like you know Sierra says Lindsay didn't think for a second about the optics of making out with Austin all over that house when Sierra was there and how the following weekend Lindsay came back to the summer house telling people that she and Austin had slept together in Montauk which um leads me to I think it was the she speaks bravo account who posted that clip and said that they need an explanation about it so Lindsay um commented and let me just see what exactly it was that she said, so I don't mistake her. Um, but she basically said, sorry guys. <laughs> okay. Okay. So shout out to the, yeah, she speaks Bravo account. So she says, here you go. The Sunday of my birthday weekend, we drove out to Montauk to see a band play and hang out with our friends out there. And it was her, Danielle, Carl, and Austin. Since we were staying at another share house, Austin and I slept in the same bed because it was the only bed slash room for us to open for us to stay in. We passed out. We never hooked up. End of story. This is the same age old tale of people trying to paint a picture slash narrative of me based on inaccuracies and non-factual events. Um, Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're saying that you like didn't actually sleep with him, then that's, I'm not sure why she didn't say that in real time, but I mean, I guess she did say earlier that she hadn't slept with him in four years, but you know, when somebody says, Oh, you told everybody that you slept with him and you don't say anything, people are going to assume that you slept with him. I forgot a little bit of what happened before that. So let's talk about it. So Andy asks everybody if they agreed uh, when Luke 
called Sierra hypocritical for being upset about Austin, right? Sierra says that it would be like if she went down to Charleston and shared a bedroom with Shep. Like, it just would be an inappropriate thing. So Lindsay says that the only reason why she said, I assume that Austin will be sleeping in my room is because, um, you know, she's like, you know, it was a house. I just, I wanted to make sure that he was put up so that he wouldn't have to sleep on the couch. (laughs) And Paige tells Lindsay that she should get back into PR because she's really good at spinning. (laughs) Then Andy tells Lindsay that things are a little bit different when there are multiple people interested in Austin in the house. And then Lindsay says something about how Sierra was interested in Carl in the beginning of summer and she had kissed not only him, but also Alex in the house. But again, I just feel like those were like nothing with feelings involved. She clearly wasn't interested in Alex. And once she realized that like it wasn't going to work with Carl, she let that go. And I also felt like Lindsay was being a little like talking out of both sides of her mouth with this uh, Sierra and Carl thing, because she was also saying like it, like dropping hints that it really wasn't that serious for Carl. So what's your argument then? You know, if it wasn't serious to either one of them, then like, what's the argument? So then Andy asks everybody in the cast, if they were clear that Sierra had feelings for Austin and everybody says yes, except for Lindsay, who says that she only knew to a certain extent, but she didn't know how intense Sierra's feelings for Austin were. And I have to call bullshit on that. Like if I think, (laughs) I think Lindsay's not saying some things <laughs> and I think maybe she doesn't want to because of the relationship she is in with Carl. But I also feel like, why does that matter? Like, just tell the truth. I think she should just say my, my estimation on Lindsay with the Austin thing is that like, she obviously was hurt. She knew she had feelings for Austin in the winter house. She saw him go for somebody else. She was hurt, but she moved on ish. Right. But she always kept in the back burner. They were flirting and they had like that thing. Right. Austin tells Lindsay like, oh, I don't have anything with Sierra right now. And she believes it because she wants to. Okay. I have a hard time believing that Austin could be as Austin as he is and Lindsay not pick up on that. She's a very smart girl. I just have, and, but this is not putting the onus on her with Austin's behavior. I'm just saying that like, I think she was allowing herself to believe certain things because it fit her narrative. And I think that it would not be unfair to say that like, she wanted to give it back to Sierra a little bit because she felt hurt herself. Now she tries to say like, I just didn't know that I had feelings for Austin um, but it's not about that. I don't think Sierra would be purely upset with Lindsay for having feelings for Austin. I think she's upset that she's not really being honest about that. And she's acting like she has no idea what's going on when you were in that house with that girl. Like you chose to believe Austin when he said he didn't have feelings for Sierra. You chose to do that. And that's fine. But just say it now, because really it doesn't matter. It Now it doesn't matter. Like you're with your man, Sierra's. I don't know. And, you know, all, all is good. So she just want to doesn't want to let this go. And that's fine. <laughs> but it's also a little bit frustrating. So Kyle says, you know, to back up the fact that everybody in the house knew about Sierra's feeling towards Austin, he says that he knew the moment that there was a weekend where Craig and Austin were supposed to come to the house and then Austin backed out. And that, that was in the moment that Sierra had expressed you know, she, how bummed she was. And that's when he knew 
that there there like were real feelings with Sierra. Um, Carl then tries to stick up for Lindsay again by saying, well, Austin backed out of coming to see you that weekend, Sierra. But then Paige says, yeah, but the only reason why Austin didn't come is because you, Carl, told him that he would look too thirsty being on three shows at a time, (laughs) which is true. But that's why he didn't come. Okay, so let me just skip to the dinner table of it all. The glass thrown heard round the world. And, you know, how it started off with Sierra being like, Lindsay, you do whatever the fuck you want and people just allow it and they chalk it up to this just being your inherent behavior, right? And Kyle says that he himself has been on the short end of the stick when it comes to Lindsay and that at times when you're arguing with her, you can be right and still lose the argument. And he loves Lindsay, but it's true. And Lindsay says that the reverse could also be true. There are a lot of times that she's hurt by other females in the house. I hate when people use the term females. I really do. But she's been hurt by other females in the house. And like, she hasn't said anything. And Amanda says that sometimes when the girls try to talk to Lindsay, she comes off as pretty defensive and condescending and dismissive. So Danielle has been like, making these side comments at Sierra. So when Sierra says, you know, that Lindsay's like unapproachable, Danielle's like, you know, you're not very approachable either. And Sierra's like, yeah, maybe I'm not, but I'm not condescending either. And the moment I spoke up for myself, nobody listened to me. And then she and Danielle go back and forth as to whether or not people are listening to Sierra. (laughs) So Maya tells Lindsay, if you had talked to me the way you talked to Sierra, I also would have been hurt and offended by your reaction. Um, and then we get to the wine glass throw and Sierra says that she fully let her emotions get the best of her. And it's not an excuse. She shouldn't have done it, but she was just so over being dismissed and disregarded. And at that point, um, she was trying to talk to Lindsay, but Lindsay just had the smug look on her face and then cut to camera. Lindsay, who's making the exact same smug face. The Carl chimes in again again and says that he feels like Sierra wasn't getting what she wanted out of Lindsay and that's why she flipped out so Carl I know that I for a fact said that verbatim on this podcast that Sierra was getting incredibly frustrated with Lindsay because Lindsay was not giving her what she wanted mom deserves better than a drugstore card This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Carl, I'm going to need you to scoot on over to everyone's business but mine. We can just keep this between us, okay? 
everyone's business but mine on Instagram. Just DM me the eagle emoji and we'll keep it between us that you listen to the podcast and I won't say a word. Okay, Carl? I will not say a word. It's just me and you between us squirrel friends. Okay? Actually, squint, send me the squirrel emoji so I know that we're squirrel friends. Okay? Thank you. Sierra agrees with Carl that she didn't need to take it to that level, but she was frustrated. And then Luke says that Paige was kind of the one to stoke the fire with Sierra before dinner by being like, oh, you need to go full Italian, right? And Paige is like, you know what? I did say that and I would do it again in a heartbeat because you know what? For three weeks prior to that, Sierra had been talking about how disregarded and uh, dismissed that she had been feeling. And if she wanted to speak at a dinner for one minute and speak her mind, then let her do it. And then it was kind of like there were some vague uh, accusations that maybe Paige had encouraged Sierra to throw the wine glass. And she's like, don't do it. I did not do that. Sierra's like, I'm my own person. I do whatever the fuck I want. It was me. Danielle asks Sierra if she knew that she threw that wine glass at her. And Sierra's like, honestly, I didn't. So then Danielle, it's her time to shine. Okay. And I don't mean that condescendingly. She goes in on Sierra and is basically like, you saw that. Maybe you didn't know it in the moment, but the trailer came out. Like, let's break the fourth wall. She didn't break the fourth wall, but we're, we're doing it as friends right now. Okay. The trailer came out. Danielle said she did not know in the moment, like in the moment of the dinner that um, Sierra had thrown the wine glass at her. She only noticed it when the trailer come out, came out and somebody did that slow-mo the show that like, Sierra threw the wine that was in the glass and then threw the glass itself. So Danielle's basically like pissed. And she says to Sierra, like we, as women, we, as people of color shouldn't be doing this on TV. And, um, I really wish that you had reached out to me. And Sierra says, you're hundred percent correct. I should have done that. I just didn't think our relationship was in the place where I could even reach out to you. So I didn't. And that was a mistake. And I'm sorry. Danielle says basically too little too late. This whole time she's developed a lot of hate in her heart for Sierra and she doesn't know that she could let it release. So that was the end of part one. I, how do I say this? (laughs) Because I think I'm going to have a couple hot takes with regard to this. You know, I, I don't think, I think I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I think I'm not going to say it. I think I'm not going to say it. Um, Cause I don't think it's fair, but I do feel like Danielle was very hurt by the situation. And again, this goes down to communication. There should have been some communication with Danielle and Sierra about this. Like, as much as we can say, like, oh, maybe Sierra felt nervous and felt like she didn't. I also feel like in a way, (laughs) I'm struggling. (laughs) I'm feeling like Danielle is upset about the situation. I think a part of it. You guys hear me out. I think a part of the reason why Danielle is upset is the audience reaction. And I'm not saying she doesn't have the right to feel upset when she sees something happen after the fact and feel some type of way about that. She has every right in the world to be pissed off. But I just 
wonder to myself what Danielle's reaction would have been had people, the public, us, not had such a bombastic reaction and the slow-mo and all of that. I'm just curious to know. I also, like, as a Black woman, and I just don't like the... Even though this was a conversation between a woman of color and a Black woman, I just cringe a little bit when I hear a woman of color being like, oh, you know, we shouldn't do, it's a respectability politics of like, we as women of color shouldn't be doing this and shouldn't be acting like this on TV. Because I just feel like we should be allowed the full range of our emotions. And it's just giving like, let's not do this in front of of white people because we're giving it to stereotypes. And I'm just at a point where I'm like, fuck that. Like, that's on them. That's their problem. It's not my problem. And if somebody gets pissed off and I'm not saying what Sierra did was right, I'm just saying I don't, I, this should have been a private conversation with them. Obviously it wasn't. Um, I just don't like the, oh, we should, we, we shouldn't act like this on TV. I just don't like it. Speaking of Danielle, I completely forgot the part about Robert. That was a little weird because like Danielle and Maya a little bit got into it because Sierra had said, Andy was, she was on Watch What Happens Live. Andy asked the question of who do you think will be the next couple to get married or engaged? And she didn't say, I don't know who she said, but she didn't say Danielle and Robert. Andy asked her why she didn't say that. And she was just like, eh, I don't really think that. Like she was, it was vague. It wasn't like overly shady, but Danielle was really pissed off about this. Sierra said the reason why she answered that was purely based on what she saw in the house and that Danielle had broken up with Robert a couple times over the summer and that she just didn't think that that was just her feeling, right? So Danielle's like, I never broke up with Robert. And Maya's like, okay, well, there was a specific time where we were in the kitchen and Robert was saying his goodbyes to us as though we weren't going to be seeing him ever again. And Danielle's like, well, I didn't break up with him. And they're like, okay, but this is what Robert said. She's like, well, I didn't do that. And they're like, okay, but like, do you understand that Robert said (laughs) that he was done? Like, this is what the other person in the relationship said. She is like almost mad at them, but I'm like, well, it sounds like they had every reason in the world to think that you guys had broken up or that there was some strife or that there was maybe not a reason to think that you guys were uh, the golden couple that you guys were presented to be on the show. Like she's allowed to have her opinion. It's okay. If she doesn't think you guys might be the next couple to get married, it doesn't have anything to do with your relationship. (laughs) Like, I mean, it does in her opinion, but like, if you guys are saying, if you, Danielle are saying you guys are fine, then you're fine. Right? Like, it's not that big a deal. Anyway, um, let's, yeah, next week we'll talk about season two. No, part two. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, Beverly Hills is coming out on Wednesday. I don't know if I'll talk about that, but I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.